It's summer and everyone's talking about water. LifeSource water systems reduce hard water problems and remove harsh chemicals that cities add to your Hetch Hetchy water. No filters to change, no salt to add, and no maintenance. LifeSource water gives you delicious water, softer skin and hair, and brighter laundry. For a limited time, LifeSource water will pay your sales tax. Offer ends soon. Call LifeSource water at 888-712-4279 or visit LifeSourceWater.com. That's 888-712-4279. LifeSource water. Taste and feel the difference. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast where we shoot the shit about every episode of Sex and City, the two movies, and of course, we just finished the revival or season one of the revival, who knows if we're getting season two, um, and just like that, I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. You know, this is round two. We just had to start over, so whatever sure everyone gets from this recording, they're going to get this isn't a great episode of this show. It's not. I enjoyed myself m- watching it more than I thought I would, but it's not like a great episode. It's just you know like what? A- you're right. I did enjoy myself more than I thought I would because the first time I watched it, I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, the whole time I was like, because we even talked about this episode I think last week where I was like, "I'm kind of dreading watching it because it's one of my least favorites." But now that I watched it again, I was like. I don't know why I hated it. Oh, that's good. Just lowered expectations helped you out there. Yeah, it did. Because then I was watching it and I was like, this is kind of nice. But it's definitely not a great episode. Now, I will say you opened us up by saying, and just like that season one, are we certain we're getting a season two of this? When are they just going to fucking announce it? I'm seeing Sarah Jessica. That's why I had to do. I'm seeing Sarah Jessica Parker bouncing around theater. I might be, I'm trying to get tickets to go see her and Matthew Broderick in Plaza Suite. I know she's going to be in Watch What Happens Live next week. Are we announcing it there? I mean, let's just get to it. I don't know what's going on with Sex and the City Cinematic Universe. Like, I don't know. We're clearly, it's happening. I just don't understand why they can't tell us. And this is what I don't right. like about these streaming shows. And as one of the few people still watching Grey's Anatomy Live, it's like, at least that show's going to tell you what's what. It's like, we're getting a renewal on this date. It's coming out then. It could be like two years before we get in just like that season two. I know. That's one of the things I'm struggling with with streaming in general. It's like, I mean, with The Crown. I'm like, How did you I know that's exactly TV... where I was going? <laughs> because, Chris, we love The Crown. I was like, when's the last time we saw The Crown? I'm ready. I mean, I just, I kind of miss when shows would just, they would air in September and they would run every week until May. May. <laughs> and then it was like. And, and like, you knew that they were coming back in September. Like, you just, you had it to look forward now to. It's and now like, I'm like, we're taking three, four years off. <laughs> I'm like, this is basically a reboot at this point. Yeah. That's how I long mean, they take I, off. I don't watch that show. What's that show on Netflix with those kids and it's like supernatural? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, that with the magic kids. Yeah, what the fuck is that show called? Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that <laughs> I've show's never, on like, I've that shows on like I've a only five seen year like three hiatus. episodes. Yeah, the kids are going to come back. They're 18 years old now. I like, think they're that one girl's dating Drake. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, Millie Bobby <laughs> Well, but, but remember that story where it was like, oh, yeah, I text Drake all the time. And people are like, wait, but you're like 14 and he's a grown ass man. 
Yeah, that opened up a big can of worms. Now, before we get into this episode, you know what we got to talk about. The Oscars. These nominations, they came out last week. But for me, guys, these are fresh. They came out, was that yesterday? Yes. I have to say, just before I Yesterday is when I I received (laughs) all the texts. It's time, guys. This is my season. Much like Schitt's Creek. What's your favorite (laughs) season? Awards. Yeah, no. This is, award season is really where Chris, like, thrives. And this award season's been harsh. I mean, the Golden Globes basically were presented on Instagram Story. Uh, The Critics' (laughs) Choice Awards were a mess. The BAFTAs are a nightmare. Are you a People's Choice Awards person? I have dignity. What's the one where they all vote for each other? The Oscars? No, the other one. Actors' Choice Awards. Oh, the Screen Actor Guild? Yes, I like those. The SAG Awards are fun. Did those even happen? Mm -hmm. I maybe don't remember. Com- no, I, maybe they're coming. I think they just have, they've been announced the nominations, but they haven't happened oh. yet, the award show. And hopefully it happens. That's one of my faves too. Yeah, I love those. But you know, shout out to The Lost Daughter, three nominations. Sam is not happy about it. Although people are now messaging me, Sam, and are like, I don't, I didn't really understand this movie. Why do you and Sam like it so much? Oh, don't group me into this. And I have to tell them, I don't think she's seen it never seen it don't plan to because just strictly out of this principle i can't shout out to olivia coleman to jesse buckley to my white queen maggie gyllenhaal for her writing where is the nomination for the score where is the nomination for the score one of the best the girls will be writing to it for years now this one you might care about the academy hates i believe you love him your man bradley cooper I don't love Bradley Cooper. Oh, I thought you were a Star is Born girl. I am. Yeah, I, I could see you crying to but that awful last But I don't, like, love song. him. What movie was he in? He was in Licorice Pizza as Barbara Streisand's ex-husband. Oh, John see, Peters. I have, a, he has a, he, I have a confession. He has a shitty role in it. I didn't think he was that great. I also didn't really love Licorice Pizza. I thought Baby Hame, though, was amazing in it. But the whole movie overall, I refuse to learn any of the girls in Hame's names. Middle Hame, no Baby Hame, Old Hame. That's it. And I yeah. don't even know if I'm saying it right. Is it Heim? I don't think it's Heim. Hyman? <laughs> <laughs> Unclear. Speaking of A Star is um, Born, Gaga, no nomination. Didn't I thought no she deserved nom. it. The Little Monsters are upset. Have you looked at Twitter? I, I sure have. I live on Twitter. That's like my home base. Yeah, I only go there on occasion when I know people are acting up, and they are acting up today and are screaming about Nicole Kidman. It's like, guys, Nicole Kidman, yeah, she wore that bad wig, but chill out. Yeah. Everyone needs to kind of calm down. I have a confession. I have not seen a single movie that was nominated. You saw King Richard. Oh, I saw that. Okay, I saw one. Which segues me into my favorite nomination. We can officially say Academy Award nominee, Beyonce Knowles-Carter. She's never been nominated for an Oscar? Never been nominated. She, I mean, what would she have been nominated for? I, no, you're. I guess you're right, but I mean, that she, like, really shocked she me. She dipped her toes into acting, but it never really got With to Dream that Girls. level. The Dream Girls story was Jennifer Hudson, not her. Um, ah, so this is her oh first nomination. I always said she needed... She needed to write the Black Panther 2 soundtrack, and then, bam, she's got her Oscar. But I don't, sadly, I don't think she's going to win. Lin-Manuel Miranda's probably going to, and I don't want to say anything controversial about my opinions of her. 
that man and his um artistry. And his and his theater kid energy. He should go to jail. For what but you also, done. Chris, like you also have a deep, deep love of Beyonce. I have a deep love of Beyonce. I also am a Broadway baby and love good Broadway music, and that's not what he writes. <laughs> okay. And we can move on, but you just three things need to be an Azkaban in terms of these nominations. The wig work and being the Ricardos, some of the worst I've ever seen. Jeff Bezos put that awful wig on Julia Roberts and Homecoming, and now he's followed it up with some bad wig work on Nicole Kidman. Whatever the fuck Don't Look Up was, the whole movie needs to, even my Queen Meryl, Azkaban. And then whatever Dune was, I, I'm still not 100% sure. I know I watched it, but I did that not. That came out last year. Dune? I feel like Dune came out five years ago. I feel like I've been hearing about this movie Dune for There was a, a lot of, it's kind of like when the Avatar sequels finally hit, we're going to be like, heck, didn't this come out already? I swear I saw it. Yeah, like my friend worked on the Avatar sequel back in like 2018, and it still hasn't come out. And I think the movie itself came out while I was in college, and I want to say maybe 2007? Yeah, like it's been a moment since I've seen those little blue people. And I saw it once and thought, this is not for me, and kept it moving. Never, never seen it. I don't think I'm a movie girl. But I love the Oscars. I can't wait. I think Olivia Coleman might win. I'll be in prayer until... March, when are the Oscars? I don't know. March 29th. It's a long time from now. Yeah. Do you want Will Smith to win? Obviously. Because I do. I do want him to win. I think he will win. But I do have to say, I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was amazing in The Power of the Dog. And the first time I've ever cared for a Benedict Cumberbatch. Didn't even know what he was before The Power of the Dog. Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm Never mind. I'm not going to say a word. What are you going to say? Do you like him or you're not a fan? I don't like to look at him. You see, I was with you there, but then he did something to me in The Power of the Dog where I was like, mm. am I attracted to him? Then the movie ended and I Googled him and I was like, no, I'm not. No. But then I watched the movie again and I thought, he gets me good in this one role. Well, I kind of like, I love Taylor Swift so much, but I can't watch her sing. It's one of those things. Like, I love <laughs> no, her. Hold I can't on, back up and relate that to me, to Benedict Cumberbatch. It's just with Benedict Cumberbatch, I just can't look at him. But you love him? No. Oh, so okay. That's where I was actually. the disconnect. You love Taylor Swift, <laughs> yeah, but because don't. And why don't you like watching her sing? It's too much. Like she's too eager? She's. Have you seen her on the Fearless tour? She was flipping her hair back and forth. It was out of control. It's too much. Well, she was like 16 during Fearless. I don't. I literally don't care. I can't. I can't watch her <laughs> saying. I can't. The Swifties are going to come for you. No, and but I preface this by saying I love Taylor Swift. The you one are is a Swiftie. Like Remember song. when I told I you I thought Drive Back was better than All Too Well? Oh God, I can't. And I, can't by the way, I stand yeah, by the that. Swifties. I mean, Drive Back is great. Stream Drive Back, a million Stream streams. Stream Drive Back. Oh, well, congratulations to her, by the way. To our candy gal 09. I was going to mention something. Who do you think Taylor Swift is on Sex and the City? Is she a Charlotte? Is Taylor Swift a Charlotte? Or is she a Carrie? She's definitely one of the two. She's definitely a Carrie. You think so? I guess she does do a lot of writing. A lot of writing. Not according to that man in that band I can't name. Well, and she also thinks she's like the main character. Well, she is. No, but like. Taylor Swift lives her life like she's the main character. That's true. 
I, I don't know. For and she loves to I write wanna, about all of the men who've scorned her. And it's like, right on, girl. I want to claim her as a as a Charlotte, but maybe I'm just like projecting. And I don't even really like to, although I think I am a Swift. I'm a Swifty from like Fearless to 1989. Then I had to let her go. Oh, wow. You didn't even like Folklore? I really liked the song Seven. Other than that, oh, and the, the, whatever the opening song is from Folklore, I like. The one? Yeah. Yeah, that was my number one most played song of 2021. I thought that was a, that's a very good Taylor Swift opening song. This is a now a Taylor Swift podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Where we don't know much about Taylor. I think between the two of us, we could probably write an unauthorized biography on Taylor Swift. Probably. We could probably do that about a lot of things. None of them this episode of Sex and the City. <laughs> I love that Brian came in and then faked I it out. I got scared. When he comes in and then doesn't too. say anything, I, like, get nervous. The ghost. I know. He's he's like the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, someone's not a Swifty. He's a fucking Jake. Well, actually, I'm more of a Jake Gyllenhaal fan than Taylor Swift. Shout out to my birthday twin. I am not a Maggie Gyllenhaal fan. We've talked about that as well. Maggie, I love. The Gyllenhaal family stays putting their white foot in their art. I love them. I can't wait till Jake writes and directs a movie. You know I'll be there. I'll be fucking there. Oh, yeah. I know. All right, and it'll be better than those shit videos Chris, she directed. Chris. Chris, we have to talk about Sex and the City. <laughs> Do we? Yes. All right. Let's get into it with a little episode synopsis. Carrie and the girls are dealing with the fallout of her big breakup. Samantha encounters sports, Miranda flirts with the imaginary, and Charlotte is just around. So I do want to say just like right up top, this episode furthers the inability of this show to give all four women a storyline. I feel like by the end of the show, they always give each of them something to do. Charlotte, much like Samantha in the last one, is only in group scenes. I felt crazy, like, when I was rethinking and thinking over the episode, I'm like, forgetting charlotte what did charlotte do and then i watched it again i was like oh nothing she did nothing i didn't forget anything (laughs) she did less than samantha did last last week at least samantha was like getting us to our snm club and like providing a little humor charlotte is whipping nothing in this i don't know i found this to just be overall a very strange episode the connective thread didn't even make much sense like carrie's dealing with therapy then Miranda has an imaginary friend is the where that ends. <laughs> then you got fucking Samantha dealing in games. It's like we can't even create one. Although I guess could you argue that what Miranda's doing is like peekaboo? I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's a game. It's a is game. It? It's, that's not a game. Yeah. Like, peekaboo is a game. It's an activity. Peekaboo that's not with a your game. titty? I don't I peek-a-boo feel like a game is something that has games. rules and you can win. Peekaboo is an activity. No. Is it? Is it? Sh- I don't know. Either way, it felt like a game. I one Miranda is the highlight of this episode for me. Oof. It's my favorite. She was a real low light for me. I was living for Miranda. All right. Should we hear the monologue and then break it down? Yeah. When I got home that night, I couldn't get Charlotte's words out of my head. We spent our childhoods playing games. Were they all just primers for the games we played as adults? Were relationships just a big chess match, strategy, moves, counter moves, all designed to keep your opponent off balance until you win? Was there such a thing as an honest relationship? 
or was it true? Do you have to play games to make a relationship work? So where do you land on that? Do you think you have to play games to make a relationship work? I feel like if I said yes, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> I think it's very honest <laughs> to say, yeah, like there is a certain level Like I think there is some level of, yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly in like modern dating, it's like, okay, who's texting who first? Yeah. Do I want to reach out? Do I... Should I send this message that's in my head or should I not? Will it be like, I think people are like, you get in your head when you care. And so I think at least, and in fact, the instinct to play games, I think is a good way to show you you care. Maybe you shouldn't. Like, I don't want to play games with none of these men I'm hanging out with. And that shows me I need to just take my ass to bed, which I typically do. I feel like games, if they're not like malicious if you're not like hurting the other person i feel like like the hunger games what are you referring to well i feel like if you're not like you know lying and doing all of that to the other person like you can't play those kind i feel like that's not a game and men are gonna stay lying yeah constantly but i don't know i feel like games are kind of fun in the beginning like so because sometimes when things are a little too easy you're like okay I just wish like I like a little friction, a little. I like I need a little something because I also am the type of person I get bored so easy. I just think this episode. I don't know what the fuck the writers were thinking. So coming <laughs> off an really? episode where By she way, just this... got dumped or just broke up with Big, this is the. I'm tired of people coming down on in just like that. This episode is bad. This is bad. Yes, I well, I was like. It just felt like maybe this could have been the second episode following her breakup with Big, but for this to be like the next one, it felt like when Big died and then we got Brady fucking with the fish tank. Like that's how it felt. This whole episode feels like they were trying to get to the episode count of 18 and we're like, all right, we're not ready to introduce something else yet. So let's just do a little, little like season one lark. And then with Bon Jovi. All right, we're going to get to John Bon. (laughs) He's looking good. Is that his real name? John Bon? Is Bon Jovi his, his real, real last name? Is name John or is that the... Bon? Well, John Bon. <laughs> you think... you think is his real Bon's... last name Bon Jovi? Real name. I know he's living on a prayer, John... but is that is that them? John Francis Bon Jovi Jr. <laughs> Jr. <laughs> and is the band made John up of Francis. Bon Jovi's? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you think they're like the Jackson 5? Yeah, like are they, is everyone who's in the, is Bon Jovi a band or is it just refer to him as a man? Bon Jovi is a band. Sean Jovi, John. (laughs) John Jovi. John Jovi is a band. Okay, and so I guess what I'm asking, so it is a band, we've established that. It's a band. Are the other people in the band related (laughs) to Bon Jovi in the sense that are their surnames also Bon Jovi? No. Okay. Well, that's one powerful man. But before we get to John Jovi. Guess who he was related to? Frank Sinatra. Hmm. How? I see that. Like Roman Farrow? Like a great uncle. Oh, okay. Wow. I I see that in the eyes. I wonder if he and Ronan know each other. We'll see. Not for us to solve today. Nope. That's that dark family chart. Oh, God. All right. Should we get into Miranda? Yeah. Let's talk about peekaboo. 
So she's chilling at home. She's doing the crossword, which to me, I guess, feels like Miranda, but I wish she was just like watching trashy TV instead. Yeah. And she sees a gentleman across the way. First of all, he to me looked like a hot Eric McCormick, you know, from Will and Grace. Oh, yeah. Not he that Eric hot. McCormick isn't attractive. He is. but this No, he, but he was just like a hot turbo. Yeah, he was just giving me that vibe. He's looking into her apartment. She runs the first time. Then she sees him again and she gives a little twirl for him. <laughs> you guys, it's one of my favorite moments because it's so funny. And then she comes out in a red kimono, violently matching the color of her hair in a way that is just shocking. And he shows, first of all, this is when she should have known he was gay because he shows her his ass, which is like not something I think a straight man would do. Because I had forgotten the fact that he was gay, that that's where this, I knew that it was ultimately that he was into someone else, but I had forgotten it's a guy. And when he showed her his ass, I was like, this is weird. Like that's, I don't think a straight man would just be like, here, here's my ass cheek. No, a straight man would so show his dick. Yeah. It would just be like, boop, here's my dick. And it would be already hard. It would be disgusting. No one would want to see it. He wouldn't look that good. But I was like, what a strange First of all, is this man the hottest man we've seen so far on this show? Because you know how we've discussed how ugly the men have been and like not up to par with our ladies? I think this might be the most visually attractive man we've ever seen. I mean, no, I disagree. I think Tweety is still the hottest. Oh, God. You can shut the fuck up with that. (laughs) Is Tweety my the lost daughter? Yes, you won't shut up about (laughs) it. (laughs) And he's not up for any Oscars, thank God. Ugh, I love him. And then Miranda shows a little boob. I, Chris, I love this part because it's the way she chose the boob. It's like. It's the least sexy thing anyone's <laughs> ever done. <laughs> I know. Boob. And, and this kind of thing that Miranda does, it felt very reminiscent of her with the sandwich. This was Rambo. <laughs> yeah. But it's also with the sandwich, how she's like freaked out at first. And then she's like, wait. But that's the great tension between Miranda and Rambo that live in her head. Mm -hmm. The intellectual and the freak. Constantly at war. Constantly fighting. Trying to think, should I go to class with Dr. Nia Wallace? Should I get fingered in Carrie's kitchen? We're all seeing it laid bare in the choice to show her breast to this man. Enough, too. And not even perked up. Like, she didn't lift him. She literally just... And I've never seen a kimono open so quickly and close. (laughs) It's like a specialty (laughs) item. I'm just wondering, like, if he can see her. Who else can can see see them? Who else can see them? (laughs) Well, that is my point. Well, at least they make a point to show that basically everyone else's blinds are closed. But it's like... Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, It's not like you ever see just people watching TV. You can't really see into the other apartments or windows, at least in my mind. But yeah, I would never... By the way, if this is what people were up to before you could, like, just send dick pics, it's like... If I looked out my window and just saw that, I'd be genuinely concerned. Or I would be living... If I was a person living somewhere where I could see both of them... I would think this was the funniest thing ever. Well, I guess there's no person who could see both of them, right? You would only ever get one side of the story. You know who can see both of them? Us, God. the viewer? God. And he's probably like, what are these two fucking clowns doing? God, Mariah Carey said you two do not belong together. 
The only thing I will say that I, I thought could have been punched up was Carrie in voiceover says she showed him a little tit for tat. And I thought it should be this is she showed him a little tit for that because tat doesn't refer to any or he should have had a tattoo on his ass. Something like there just needed to be we could have punched that joke up a bit more. But we also could have punched up this whole storyline because it was dumb. It was dumb, 100%, (laughs) but I thought it was so funny. It just made me laugh. You were were laughing, kind of like me with Buster last week. I was just laughing at, like, the face she makes when she twirls. Like, just kiss me. I mean, Cynthia Nixon is selling it. I will give her Comedy queen. But then they run into each other in the grocery store. Miranda decides, I'm going to be an adult and just go up to him, which, like, I would never do. But that's the Rambo (gasps) in her. The Rambo jumped out. (laughs) But then the Miranda got pulled back in when he was like, oh, yeah, you're the woman beneath the man I've been cruising, (laughs) which means he can see her and is not once just said to her, like, stop. But I guess he can't because Miranda just happens to be there every time he's cruising this man. Yeah. Is cruising like a, what is cruising? I have never heard it used in this way of like what they're up to, which is like, um, basically flirting through windows and showing it like but cruising the way i have heard it used is like you would go to a park and cruise like gay men before you could really be out and there were gay bars you might go cruise through the park and there would be sections of parks or public areas that other gay men you would know and then you'd hook up maybe in the park or go somewhere but that's how i've heard it not like oh i'm cruising cruising from the comfort of my own home. But I guess that's what we're all doing now on our phones. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But he he's also not particularly kind to her. No, he's kind of like, um, Uh, why are you approaching me? I've seen your tit, lady. Yeah. Which I (laughs) I guess is what I would be. I'd be like, yeah, you're fucking weird, lady. (laughs) Hi. I thought I'd be an adult here and come over and introduce myself. Hi. I'm Miranda. You know? (laughs) Across the air shaft. Oh, yeah, right. You're the girl who lives above the guy I've been cruising. Miranda realized she was still playing with an imaginary friend, just like she did when she was five. The next day, she called her shrink for an emergency session. (laughs) I feel like I love that kimono. (laughs) <laughs> hey girl hey girl. that's true honestly i would have gone up to her and been like hey girly <laughs> looking forward to seeing you tonight um <laughs> but then the show situates it as if he's her imaginary friend which to me just doesn't fit into the theme of what this whole episode's about I which think- i guess that's a game <laughs> again i would consider that an activity <laughs> no no i don't so i don't I don't no. know. We're simply getting into this. Is how boring this episode is. We're just simply just talking about the difference between games and activities. Yeah, <laughs> I used to pretend to have an imaginary friend, kind of like how I used to pretend that, like, I was my tooth was loose. Um, in school, but I guess so what I would say, friends. and I feel like I would do the same thing. I would. Well, wait. You would tell people you had an imaginary friend that you didn't have. Okay. Well, that's. Yeah. I think I would, like, imagine something, but, like, I guess my imagination was uh, was never good enough. After I saw Inside Out, I was like, were kids actually seeing, like, bing bongs? 
Because I never yes. quite got there with my imagination. I was just like, hey, an imaginary friend. But I was really just like, liked, talking to the coach. I liked playing Barbies. Like, I liked that. I was not an imaginary friend type of girl, but all my friends had them. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got one. His name Caitlin is Caitlin acts up. <laughs> like, it was weird. It was very weird. It was very short-lived. Yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't keep that, that charade up. <sighs> Should we get into Samantha? Because talk about another womp womp. <laughs> First of all, why are the women going to the sports bar? I love a sports bar. Well, they clearly think it's something else. But when you look at that bar, it was a sports bar. <laughs> it was 100% a sports bar. That's where Steve would live. So they're going to this sports bar. They're shocked that it's sports night. <laughs> like, oh boy, <laughs> ladies drink free. Also, yeah, like I've never been to a bar where ladies drink free, ever. I've been to gay bars where ladies drink discounted. And then you send, and then I'd send the girlies up, like, go get us drinks. I'm not paying for that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But never like just completely free. But maybe you need to find this. But, it, I, but I also, I don't appreciate that it was, like, one type of beer. You didn't get to order. It was just, like, here's four drinks. Yeah, it's like, here's and another also, light. is that luck. safe in our 2022 lens? What? We're just bringing random drinks to you ladies surrounded by men screaming. I would run. This is, like, that fucking documentary on Netflix. The Tinder Swindler. White women have lost their goddamn minds. I don't <laughs> talk to strange men on the street, let alone would I leave the country. I was wondering, I'm like... What type of credit do these women have to be getting $250,000 worth of loans? Like, I, I could never. My credit card would explode if I tried to. The bank would literally cuss me the fuck out. And they would be like, mm, uh, no, ma'am, you have a credit score of 200. Remember when they cut Carrie's credit card in the first season? That's so aggressive. That's what would happen to me if I tried to charge that much. They'd be like, we've actually stopped doing this years ago, but we got a call from the bank in the back telling us to cut it and slap you. The one lady on Tinder Swindler had nine banks. <sighs> like she opened loans at nine different banks. Imagine being that hard up for a man. Never. Could never. Embarrassing. Could never be me. <sighs> Should we talk about Sex in the City again? <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about sex. Let's go back. Let's go back to. So they're at the sports night, and Samantha sees from across the room, Don. Would you think of Donnie? Uh oh, I'm scared. (laughs) Go on, say it. Go on. Attracted. Yes. (laughs) I agree. I I fear. Yeah. He was I giving was. me, and this is, I know I always say we shouldn't talk about Bravo on this, and that's for Hot Off the Mess. He was giving me, what is Alexia's husband's name? Todd? He was giving me Todd, that great tuft of hair, a strong nose. Wow. Don- I never would have thought that. Don looks like he fucks. We learn he fucks. Oh, yeah, he fucks. But Samantha sidles up to him. He's super into the Knicks, and they can't have sex unless they win. That's it. Go, Marcus. Go. Excuse me, but why is that on, and who is Marcus? Marcus can be Nick's forward. Now that Ewing's been injured, he really needs to pull it out. And when did we start caring about basketball? Don is obsessed. I don't get laid unless the Knicks win. And can I just say, they and I have been on a very long losing streak. Well, that's awful. No kidding. The Knicks are the only ones that are getting screwed right now. Come on, you fuckers! Why are you staying with them? Because the sex... The one I can remember was... Unbelievable. Yes! Yes! They won! Oh, they 
gotta go. Go, go, have sex, go. Now, is this something you've encountered in the wild with straight men? It's never been spoken. Like, that's never been, like, a spoken rule. But I did date someone who was really, really, really into hockey. No, actually, that was going to be my next question. Because you don't come off to me as a woman who would date men who are even, like, you wouldn't be attracted to men who are really in the sports. I'm not anymore. That's a line that I have drawn for myself. Like, I can't do it. Like, on a first date, I literally asked him, I'm like, are you into sports? And how into sports are you? Because I will fucking kill myself if I have to go to another goddamn game. I will say I dated one gay guy for a while who was very into sports. And it was nice that it was, like, dedicated on Sunday. I didn't have to see him. Here's the thing. I like going to a game occasionally. Like, if a friend's like, oh, I got tickets. Like, do you want to come? I think it's fun. But I'm not, like, following it. And I think men take it so fucking seriously. Like, guys, this isn't the housewives. No, this (laughs) – But it's also like you guys are fangirls of sports. I'm fangirling over Bravo. But we've decided one is like worthwhile. Please. Exactly. Fuck out of here. It's so annoying. But yeah, so it was never like a spoken rule that like we wouldn't have sex if they lost. But it definitely the mood was drilled down, if you know what I mean. Well, this guy's basically just telling Samantha outright. The Knicks don't win. You ain't getting shit. Yeah. That's insane. And the basketball has so many games. Basketball isn't baseball the long. Luckily, is he? Oh, he starts to get into baseball at the end, and I think that's the longest yeah, one. It is, and they play like five times a week. Oh yeah, multiple games. So what if they're losing Dude, all the time? Nothing. Nothing. So he gets into. And there's really crabby. nothing to be said for this storyline. It's really dumb. Yeah, there's really it's really then silly. The Knicks win. Samantha thinks she's gonna get some. Dom's like, I'm turning on the Mets and. And the storyline's just over. Samantha leaves. And I guess that connects us to sports, which is a game. At least in this case, we do cannot argue. This is a game, definitively, not an activity. You really don't think having an imaginary friend is a game? Or peekaboo? What? You don't think peekaboo is a game? No. I feel like isn't a game defined by having Wait. rules and who wins and a winner? Oh, I got... Ignore me. I thought peekaboo and hide and seek got him switched up. <laughs> yeah. I would say hide <laughs> okay. and seek is a game, but peekaboo is, is just game. like peekaboo. Like, yeah. Peekaboo is like what you play with babies. Yeah. It's like an activity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yes, a thing to I would like, absolutely agree with you that hide and seek is a game. Maybe that's what Miranda's doing hide and seeking with the tip. She was hide and seeking her breast. Yeah. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love. And the harm to you, too. Learn more at undo.org. I guess, should we get into the heart of the matter with this very strange episode? I think this is going to be our shortest episode yet. This is going to be the shortest one of all time. Carrie won't shut the fuck up about Big. I've never related to anything more. I feel sorry for Big. I really do. Because if you think about it, 
I was the best thing that ever happened to him. Actually, no, I pity him because I get to walk away and be me, and he has to walk away and stay him, you know? And who wants to be him when you can be me? I mean, I'm smart, I am funny. I was this this thing, you know? I was it. I mean, I, I was this magic moment. I, I was the abracadabra. I was totally the poof in the relationship. I mean, I've got more poof in one finger than he could ever have. I mean, geez, sometimes I poof just hailing a cab. So I guess it's better to know now that I can go poof someone else. Someone who deserves me and not some screwed up, insecure guy who can't deal with a woman who's got her act together. Now, I'm gonna end up deliriously happy and Big is gonna die old and alone and I pity him. Really, I pity him. <sighs> I've related to Samantha when she was looking at her like, girl, <laughs> what is happening when she... The, I've uh, Samantha was doing great piece acting in that scene. I've just been Carrie, like... And I loved the montage of her. Like, it's so seamlessly talking about Big, but in all these different circumstances with different people. And it's all just kind of, like, flowing together. Yeah. I'm just like, girl, I've been there. And you're also trying to, like, talk yourself up. And you're like, it's his fucking loss. I am a fucking catch. He's a I've fucking I've got more loser. magic in my me than poof and ping. And I'm like, what, what the- is happening? <laughs> what? I didn't get the poof stuff. I think he was the she he disappeared and she was a magician. And she was the poof. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I did think Sarah Jessica Parker was doing great work, loved Kim Cattrall's face acting and like I really hate this woman while they're waiting in line. Then they sit her down and say, We will not hear about this anymore. Good for them. And then they tell her to go to therapy. And this is when the episode really took a nosedive uh, for me. No. <laughs> I don't I know shocked. if in 1999 we just talked about therapy completely. Even just the casual use of the word shrink. Shrink? Like, What's happening? I was like, who says shrink? I was like, let's get Kevin in here, my mental health king. Charlotte Seriously. is a mess. Talking about physical activity, well, which I guess threads the needle of tennis that we ultimately pay off in and just like that. Samantha's like, whatever. She doesn't really care. And Carrie's so against it. I don't know that Carrie seems to me like someone who would be against therapy. She's literally always asking questions. I know. I think the same thing about Lorelai Gilmore, who's like against therapy. And I'm like, that seems so out of the character for me. Actually, no, Lorelai, and now I love this. Let's talk about this for forever. <laughs> it's finally something I sink my fucking I'm watching teeth Gilmore into. Girls right now, as always. I actually think Lorelai is someone who would enjoy therapy, but who would be inherently against it. Because she's someone who de- who is inherently defined by a desire to do it on her own. Okay. I get that. Like rejecting her parents' help, wanting to constantly, not wanting Christopher around when Rory was a kid once he makes the kind of choice. Like, you can tell she's very much prides herself on being independent. I think that's why that N is called that at the very beginning of the show. There's something about her independence that is very important to her. However, once she starts the act of therapy in the back of the car in the sixth season with that awful woman, shout out to, I believe she was on The Office, Jan. Oh, yeah. And don't get me started on the fucking therapist and Gilmore Girls a Year in the Life. That woman should be disbarred and she's fictional. But Carrie, to me, she would like therapy. She like she It's just more room to sit around and talk. Yeah, and then when she looked at Miranda and she was like, well, of course you need one. You're crazy. You're always in your head. And I'm like, bitch, we're literally listening to you in your head right now. Like there's <laughs> there's voiceover to this damn show. Yeah, it's that's, I was like, Carrie has no self-awareness. Not a bit. 
Which, I mean, I guess that's why we love her and relate to her. But she is just, I thought she was, also, I just think that's such a rude thing to say. It is. Then she decides to go and chat with Stanford. She does that classic thing people do, which is like, all right, you bitches won't listen. I'm going to go over here to my friend and get their advice. And Stanford's like, Mm -hmm. no, you need to go to therapy. You're a mess. Yeah, like, please shut the fuck up about Big. It's so annoying. I have three therapists. Get your ass to one. (laughs) Yeah. But then we make a Gwyneth Paltrow joke. And as someone who's deeply into, you know, I love Gwyneth. I'm a big Gwyneth fan. She's my favorite white celebrity. You're a goop girl. Gwyneth Paltrow sees her. Why does she go to a shrink? She suffers from high self-esteem. I resisted her for a bit. And then I realized that celebrities are not meant to be relatable. And her commitment to just what doing whatever the fuck she wants and talking about it like it's normal is my favorite thing. And in fact, I'm angry that someone taught her the word privilege because now she says it before saying her her insane comments. She's always like, it is a great privilege, of course, that we have candles made from like people's vaginal juices. It's like, no, this is not normal. You shouldn't say things like this. And just because you do you own the the candle? Do I own a a goop candle? A vagina candle like Gwyneth's? No, but I would. I don't own anything from Goop. It's not like I, I don't want anything from there, but I love that she is just selling this lifestyle to women around the world. I am obsessed. I'm obsessed with Poosh and how they want to be Goop and that they use the old Dash Instagram to like when she started Poosh. So she didn't have to gain any followers on her own. Did you have you seen her new Architectural Digest video? Gwyneth Paltrow's? Yeah. No. It is a thousand percent better than this video, than this episode of Sex and the City. Really? I've watched it no less than three times. It's like 20 minutes long. She goes through like three rooms at her house in painstaking detail, and I'm obsessed. I will will put it on right after this. But I just love that we're making goop jokes already. She's already that annoying for us to make a joke about, like, she suffers from really high self-esteem. I'm like, did we know Gwyneth Paltrow was annoying in 99? I think she's just about to win her Oscar for Shakespeare in Love. She was like dating Brad Pitt at this time, I think. Yeah, I thought this is when she was like the people's princess. I know. This is like when she was Kate Hudson before Kate Hudson was well, Kate Hudson. when Kate Hudson never lived up to that glory, did she? I mean, she was just really good and almost famous. And then she hasn't really done anything else noteworthy. Since then, I think we can all agree How with to that. Lose a Guy in 10 Days. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Fabletics? Days is a bad romantic comedy. Fabletics? I had to literally get a new car. Is that a movie? So they would stop charging me. No, it's her athleisure company. She in- And they won't. She invented Fabletics? Yes. I knew the name and I thought maybe she starred <laughs> in like the movie based on the athleisure wear. <laughs> No, she started Fabletics. And Fabletics is like, they never allow you to cancel it. They make it so impossible for you to cancel. So I literally, I literally had to call my bank and be like, oh, I lost my card. Send me a new one. So Fabletics would stop charging me. And I'm sure you'll mistakenly sign up again one night. Just after, I probably after will. A glass I'll, of wine. I'll get like a... I'll get like a a rush of like, oh, I'm going to be really healthy and work out. Again, guys, see how quickly we take tangents. Do you want to go back to talking about Emily and Lorelai? Yeah, oh God, I could talk about them all fucking day. I know, but let's focus on Sex and the City. She goes okay, and sees go Dr. G. Who reminds me a lot of... Um, Dr. Melfi? Uh, Patience. No, what was her name? Patience and Peter? Oh, in terms of look. Yeah. Yes. Like, I thought, at first I thought it was her. I was like, wait, whoa. I love this therapist. I think she's wonderful. What I love about her is how she uses silence as a tool. 
that she doesn't allow care. She's like, I'm going to force you to fill the space with the answer that you need to find, which I think is a really powerful therapy tool and also something we should employ more in life. And I'm sure our people listening at home are like, yeah, because you two never shut the fuck up. Maybe employ (laughs) silence on this podcast. Yeah. But Dr. G lands on the idea that Carrie has trouble picking the right man. He was smart. He was sexy, just totally screwed up. He was playing all these games, and I, I didn't know the rules. You were playing games? No, he was. I was just along for the ride. And what about you? Was this the first time you dated a man who couldn't give you what you wanted? Well, that's a little easy, don't you think? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I've dated men who are wrong for me, but who hasn't? But the thing they have in common is you. What's your point? Maybe you're picking the wrong men. Do you think that is inherently Carrie's problem? Yes. I'm of the philosophy that Dr. G is coming at, like, you're the common denominator in all of these problems. So it's you're attracting the wrong person and you're picking the wrong person because you keep picking emotionally unavailable men who are garbage. And it's like, that's literally my life story. So under that, guys, then, do we think Big is the wrong man for her throughout this? Does Big change enough to become the right man for her? Or does Carrie keep this problem and Aiden is the right guy and she disposes of Aiden for Big and never learns her lesson? Or do you think Big, we see enough change in Big throughout the show for him to become a right kind of man? I think they both change. We'll see as we go through this podcast. (laughs) You don't think Carrie changes? I don't know. From what I'm dialing up, I'm like, I don't know if they changed. And from what I'm seeing on it just I, like that, I'm like, what's happening with these two dum-dums? I mean, I mean, he did treat her like shit for a long time, and she was coming back for more. Well, to be fair, she only comes back one, about one more time. <laughs> I mean, I do often forget that, like, they're not together after this until... The, well, they have, like, a friendship. They have, and they like have a fling. This... And, of course, they have the fling. But they never right. really recommit to one another until the finale of the show. Spoiler alert. I think this is a spoiler podcast, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Although people, I have seen people come for us in in our reviews saying they fucking spoiled this. And I was like, but we didn't think. Then get off the internet. Yeah. It's like the show ended in 2004. Leave me alone. Here's the thing. If you want to watch a movie or something and you don't want it spoiled, you literally cannot go on Instagram or Twitter or anything because it will be spoiled. Particularly when it's been over for so long. Uh, yeah, about 20 years. Now, waiting for her second appointment, we meet Seth Robinson. Now, I know Ew. I said earlier the man across the window was the hottest man we'd seen so far, but then Seth walked into my life. Seth, you mean John Bon Jovi? You mean John Francis? John bon Francis. John, what's his name? John Francis Bon Jovi. Bon I was going to say Jr. Jovi Bon. No, no. John Francis Bon Jovi Jr. John Francis Bon Jovi Jr portraying seth robinson Mm -hmm. there is a moment and i wondered if the show is playing with this when he opens the door and because we've situated dr g as a celebrity therapist i thought are we i think audiences were meant to believe for a moment that he is john bon jovi 
Yeah. Especially in the 90s. Which I think is a very fun stunt stunt casting that it takes a while for him to say his name. And then there's even a lead up before he says it. And I could imagine that would have been very fun for audiences in 1999. Like, oh my God, John Bon Jovi just walked through the door of Sex and the City. And now he's hanging out with Carrie Bradshaw. And that's something I guess the show never really did celebrity cameos. I guess other than Heidi Klum, Carrie Fisher... I think those are the big ones. Yeah. And then remember when Penelope Cruz was in the second movie for literally no reason? I don't remember that. I really don't remember a lot of the second movie. She's like at a bar and like flirts with Big. It is so shocking that they were like, Penelope, you got like 20 minutes to come in. Oh my God, I do. Now that you say it, now I can see it. Okay. Yeah, and it's like, what? And she plays like a Spanish banker. It's like, this is fucking weird. It's... (laughs) Yeah. But honestly, I wish we were watching the second movie instead of this. What did you think of Seth and Carrie hanging out in their dates? I thought they had like a cute, fun time. And I thought that they looked really good together. They do look really good. And he brings a different kind of just like visual imagery to her, right? There's Big, Mm -hmm. who's obviously always in his suits. Aiden, who's Aiden. Petrotsky giving Russian, European sexy, Berger giving real man realness, Paul from the revival. Seth is like just his own man. You mean Peter. Whatever. Seth is his own kind of vibe, I felt like. And of course- He's got a real sexy vibe. No. Carrie, who is, I think at this point, 32-year-old woman living on her own, no kids. Why the fuck does she have all those games? She's got fucking Monopoly, Candyland, Twister. What's happening? She likes games. This is a step too far. This is a grown woman in a New York apartment with no space holding on to Candyland. Yeah, but this was the 90s. Like, what else were people doing back then? On a rainy day? Playing Candyland by herself? She lives alone. Yeah, but she could have a friend of her. Stanford. (laughs) Playing shoots and ladders. Like, this is, I was just like, come on, guys. We're really like that she would have this Twister thing. Now, don't you own Twister? I bought a game of Twister in college to replicate this very episode with a man who was a complete waste of my time. How was he at Twister? Um, Very good. But we both had very long limbs. So we mostly just knocked over each other, like just two. And it's not sexy. Like, it's not as, as sexy as you think. It was not, we never landed in the uncompromising position those two did. It was mostly like just arms akimbo. We look like those things outside of a car dealership just flailing about. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, well, it was not, it didn't give the sexiness I wanted, but I was glad I tried. Then I think I promptly threw that twister board in the trash. (laughs) And that was what I would give to watch college Chris play. He's now married to a woman. Oh, you know, I did a lot in college I shouldn't have done. I would love to hear these tales. I'm close to telling them because this episode's so I- boring. <laughs> <laughs> but they have sex. It seems like it's good sex. And the next morning, they discuss their therapy issues with Dr. G and ultimately find they're not very compatible. So why are you in therapy, seriously? I'm really fucked up about women. After I sleep with him, I completely lose interest. What about you? What's your problem? I believe in therapy. This moment is called the breakthrough. I picked the wrong men. 
And I will say, I thought this was very moving. Yes. The ending of their conversation, her sharing, she picks the wrong men, him sharing that he becomes emotionally unavailable right after sex. And they just fucked. Yeah. If the episode had ended right when she turned over, I thought that would have been at least a nice cap to this madness of an episode. But then we have to follow her to cleaning her bed the next day. And she's talking about how her friends are like, it's okay, you gave up there. Find another therapist. Yeah, no, Carrie's not a therapy girl. Dr. G is not the only person available to her. Also, like, who gives a fuck if you run into that guy again? We should also say it is incredibly bad, bad form to date someone you meet in your therapist. Like, it's lobby. horrible. Isn't I, that like, yeah. I mean, it's not like against any rule because. No, but it's probably just not the best idea. No, and I did text my friend Bree, who's in school for therapy and knows more about this and more about everything than I do. And she was like, no, it's not. No, you should not be doing that. <laughs> like, this is this is bananas. And I did worry yeah. when I first texted her, like, do you think it would be okay to... Because I phrased it not mentioning Carrie. And I think oh. for a second, she, I was like, wait, I hope she doesn't think I'm thinking of doing this. But luckily she, she replied, was. Carrie. And I said, yes, no, I would never. I have sense. Oh, okay. Also, I take my therapy in bed <laughs> in like my nightgown. Oh. I've been on teletherapy for nightgown. years. <gasps> Chris, do you know what I found? What? Like two weeks ago when I was cleaning my closet, I have a matching nightgown to you and I didn't know I did. Oh my God, we should wear them next time we record. <laughs> yeah, our Christmas nighties. Oh, guys, I hope this was guys, an okay episode. episode. I apologize. <laughs> it was just not very fun. I don't know. Write to me if you guys liked it. I don't even think we should release this. It, it was like... Fun, but there was nothing to, there's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to like hang your hat on. No, I'm not like, I don't resonate with anyone's story. I'm just like. Other than Miranda. Oh, I mean, Miranda made me laugh. <laughs> Miranda was delivering. <sighs> What'd you think of the fashion in this one? I mean, I the red kimono, I guess is iconic. Carrie's I mean, yellow I shorts. Liked, I liked Carrie's, it's not fashion, but I really liked her hair. Her straight hair, which I normally hate, but I liked it. I wonder, are we in a straight hair carry world now? Yes. And does that signify the absence of big? Yes, because then at the end of the season, her hair gets curly again. Curly. That's my. I think that's one of my favorite episodes. No, that we know that we can get to. That's something to really like get into. I'll probably cry during that one. I know at least three more times that I will probably cry while we talk about this show. What? I really find the end of season two incredibly moving. The whole okay. idea of big and the, and just also relating back, bringing in Barbara Streisand, them singing the way we were. Um, it gives friendship and high drama. Yeah. Then I love my motherboard myself. When Carrie stands with uh, Miranda, very moving. And then I always cry during season five when she says the loneliness is palpable during her book party because she hasn't had someone in a while. Thankfully, I'm getting emotional talking about it because watching this episode, I was like, do I even like this show? I never thought that, but I was just like, what's going on here? And I know I said last week that after my favorite episode... I was like, oh, we're picking back up, baby. It is Sex in the City from now on. I turned this one on and was like, the fuck is happening? 
Yeah, I mean, I like I said a bunch of times today, I enjoyed myself, but I also don't have much to say about it. Like, it is what it is. We should also add that they brought back the talking heads. They couldn't even fill this episode. No. And for this to be the episode that follows the big breakup is very odd. Yeah, and it's not even like HBO does mid-season breaks where we would have taken like several weeks off and this is like just a palate cleanser. It's like this came right on the heels. You're right. Not since Big died and we went to Ride Me Cowboy have I been so like, what's happening? I just can't imagine. But I think probably the audience was probably a little down in the dumps that Big and Carrie broke up. And seeing Bon John, excuse me. <laughs> seeing John see Francis Bon Jovi Jr. Jr. Descendant of who? Frank Kennedy? <laughs> Frank Kennedy. Fuck is Frank Kennedy? Frank Kennedy is not a person. I think that's probably some um, other guy I fucked in college. You could have been a Kennedy. No, 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 no. He was not a real Kennedy. That is not just that one name. And, you know, I actually don't don't think the Kennedys are as hot as everyone says. Like, I wouldn't have fucked JFK. He's not the sexiest president. That distinction goes to Abraham Lincoln. Because, you know, he was played by my man in an Academy Award winning role. Oh, God. You're telling me. I I like a ton of different. My taste is all over the board. Don't put me in one box. You're (sighs) telling me. That if JFK, as president, mm-hmm. sidled up next to you at a bar and said, hey. Okay, well, this isn't fair because I'm a hoe. If any man asked me to have sex, I'd probably be like, sure, I don't know. Who is your, like, no, I already know it. Never mind. Go on, who? Ask no, the question. I was, I was going to ask you, like, who your number one, like, celeb. Oh, you know top three, baby? No, but dead. Dead. Oh, Dead. Like of all time. Oh, well, I was well, he's still with us. I was gonna say Robert Redford, but I think you know, he's still hanging on for dear life. Um, probably you know who I think is really hot and also a very good actor, Jimmy Stewart. And if you've seen him in rear window when he's a little older, salt and peppery, those dark those blue eyes. Mm. Mm-hmm. So love Cary Grant. I also just rewatched okay. the Philadelphia story with Catherine Hepburn. So those two men are in my I head. love Catherine Hepburn. Omar Sharif. Very <gasps> hot and funny girl. I just oh, rewatched Marcia. that a few weeks ago. Nick, Nicky Onstein. We yeah. love Omar Sharif. I mean, let's love. get him on this show. Oh, well, he's also, dead. he's dead. Yeah. Um, not that anyone asked. Who would yours be? But oh, oh, you, you love um, the, the the man from the the sauce, the salad, Paul Newman. Yes. Yeah, the love of my life. So now that I'm thinking of my like top three guys that are no longer with us that I think are the the pinnacle of good looking men in my eyes, mm-hmm. they all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hit me, hit me with them. Okay, like I literally just ran through it in my head, and I was and like, and it's just like oh. three Paul Newmans. Yes, it's Paul Newman, Christopher Plummer, and JFK Jr. Okay, I don't think J. Uh, I don't think JFK Jr. looks anything like Christopher Plummer. They have the when he's in the sound of music. They have like the same like clean cut like they're white men with brown hair. I guess. JFK I mean, Christopher Jr. Plummer is, is one of the sexiest men who's ever been put on screen. I can't explain. To I mean, bust it, baby, to my body. Oh, when Christopher Plummer died, I cried. He made me feel things. He was my sexual awakening. I think my sexual awakening was like. Aladdin. Oh, yeah. No, mine was him in The Sound of Music. 
what is the Kennedy's name who's just like a normal guy who's like ever the internet's always thirsting over and his last name isn't Kennedy? It's like Schlossberg. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the guy that, yes, who was that? Jacob Schlossberg? Yeah. Uh, another one. I'm like, come on, guys. We can do no, better. No, he's no JFK Jr. Yeah. What were we talking? Oh, what men in this episode would have sex with? Oh, yeah. Sorry. We're um, really trying our best. I'd go to- with Dom. He was, I don't know. He The window man? No, the window man's too much for me. I don't know. There's some, he's, he's like kind of too freaky for me. Yeah. <laughs> he would show me his ass and I'd be like, sir, put that away. Yeah. Like he could have like, what would you have wanted a man to show you? Like if, if you wanted a man to show you something from a window across the street, what body part? Like what would you have wanted them to do? Whether or not he owns a, oh, a body part. I was going to say like a Barbra Streisand movie DVD. <laughs> the, like, okay. His book collection. No, a body part. The Lost Daughter. If you're feeling horny and you want um, someone to show you their body part, what body part? I don't know that the body parts that I like in men would be displayed very well over like, like I like hands or oh, I'm a big hand girl. Like there wouldn't like right you just pulling putting your hands up to the jazz hands. It's like well, I'm not turned on, but like I mean, sure, I can appreciate an ass and. A dick as much as the next person but like, i love a juicy ass on a guy it's so rare but when it when it's right it's right i'll take you know just whatever tiny you know a tiny little hiney like peter or like a nice one it's like i don't really care it's like you know it's about the person really? and it's about whether or not they've seen the lost daughter do you have any hot takes about this episode so we get the fuck out no. of here yeah i don't have any hot takes it's just what would you guys, give this one out of I 10 i hope you enjoyed I'm trying to get through this. Yeah, a three. Um, yeah, I'm probably right there around a three. I did appreciate us talking about it, and mostly yeah. the three points of that. It's not this episode. I just feel like I have to give an apology to the listeners. Yeah, so sorry, guys. This it's was, like uh, all you've got this week is just us. Yeah, just this. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week discussing season two, episode 14, The Fuck Buddy. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, but now we said it, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And follow us online. I'm at Lewis 1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram, and I'm at Take Your Soul on Twitter. Oh, and Sam, plug your cute sweaters. Are they still available? Can people still get them? Yeah, they're yeah they're still available. You can go to my Instagram. I have the link in my bio. You can um, there's tons of different sweaters. There's a Take Your Zoloft sweater, a Take Your Xanax sweater, a Jesus Jugs t-shirt, Bravo Historian t-shirt, mugs. If you're feeling collegiate. I've got the Take Your Zoloft sweater, guys. It's so comfy, cute, sweet. You'll love it. You should get it. It's it's a really, the company that I went through, like, they have really good quality. And that's what I wanted. All right. We'll see you next week. And we promise the episode will be better. Bye, guys. Bye. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. 
through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Gorgeous gaming, stunning streams, unbelievable bandwidth. It's another Lifestyles of Gagillionaires. Meet the AT&T Fiber customers winning at life with hyper gig speeds. Meet Gagillionaire Terry. While his love of streaming horror movies has him constantly on the edge of his seat, his internet bill won't give him a scare. Oh, don't go in there. I'm telling you. Because since Terry upgraded to AT&T Fiber with hyper gig speeds, he doesn't worry about data caps or equipment fees. Come on, man. The door's open for a reason. And best yet, he also doesn't stress about a price increase at 12 months. Because with the amazing Gagillionaire lifestyle comes an exquisite sense of tranquility. <laughs> Most of the time. Live like a Gagillionaire. Get straightforward pricing with AT&T Fiber. Internet that upgrades everything. No data caps, no equipment fees, and no price increase in 12 months. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details.